Welcome to the Forensic Cop Podcast. So, welcome to the podcast. We're going to talk about uh, the Liverpool Norwich game. Uh, again, one nothing for Liverpool. Good score, not such a good game from the Liverpool side. What'd you think? I like the game. Um, Norwich is a good team. They're bottom of the league, but they're probably the best bottom place team in February that I've ever seen in the EPL. Yeah, I'm, I gotta tell you, I'm really disappointed that they're gonna probably get relegated. They play well, they play with heart, they actually go for it, they don't just sit back. Um, although they did with Liverpool today, and uh, clearly that bit them. You thought they sat back? Uh, I thought they didn't attack as much as they have in other games. I felt in other games they actually went for it, whereas today uh, there were times they were playing six across the back. But don't you think that that's how a team of Norwich's caliber can get something out of playing with Liverpool? Well, I think the part that I've always liked about them was that even when they were playing teams, maybe not of Liverpool's caliber, because who is, but when they were playing even the top teams, they would legitimately you know, go for it a bit more than they did today. I felt like today they really weren't doing too much uh, in terms of really trying to score um, kind of until Liverpool scored, they didn't really go for it. Whereas in other games, they've been braver. I don't know. I thought they were pretty brave, and I thought that they went for it right from the first whistle. It's just that Liverpool is, is a good team, right? So as much as they may want to hit Liverpool, they recognize that they have to stay compact. And then also, I thought that they had some really good interlocking um, play in the midfield and transitioned well through Cantwell. And um, who's, who was the guy on the... Right. Was it Duda? I think so. Duda, okay. No, absolutely. He played well. Uh, Cantwell's a, a little bit of a, an interesting uh, conversation topic just because I'm sure someone's going to be picking him up when they get relegated. Oh, 100%. Um, but no, so I, I, I thought they really only tried to go for it uh, at the end of the game. After it had been decided, I thought they didn't have the rhythm. They didn't have what they needed to. Um, even though they did have a couple chances that they generated... Um, but their first shot was in the 88th minute, so you know there's a a lot. Uh, was it really? It the first shot on net was in the 88th minute on target. On target. Okay. So, um, but anyway, so to the to the kind of things that I noticed in the game. Um, so in the seventh minute, I noticed uh, Virgil Van Dyke actually yelling at Gomez to move the lineup. Yeah. So they'd kind of cleared the ball, not far, mind you, um, but they'd moved it out a bit, and so Gomez wasn't moving fast enough, and I saw. Uh, Virgil yell at him to move up and Gomez kind of made the okay okay like peace relax sign mm. and then three minutes later uh, both of them in unison stepped up like one step each to put Puki offside on just like a fantastic defensive play like that's the kind of stuff that we've talked about the magic between those two guys how you know they're like brothers they love each other that's where you see it you know you see Virgil yelling at him and then you see Gomez learning from it three minutes later as opposed to Virgil yelling at Lovren and Lovren just ignoring him. No, no, no. Lovren would first ignore and then make a, go- a mistake that would cost a goal. You you missed the second part of that. So, yeah, I, uh, I really like that. And, again, it's just the little stuff that you see between the two. You know, he doesn't run up quickly enough one time, but then the second time, three minutes later, boom, both step together to put Puki offside. Fantastic. Um, I was really impressed with that. The other one that everyone has talked about is Allison's save on that breakaway. Right. So it was interesting because uh, one of the things that got me on that, again, I'm a numbers guy, 
is technically Allison didn't get a save on that, and that isn't even counted as a shot on net. Oh, because it was a pass. Because it was a pass. So it's funny because you hear a lot about how, well, Allison's a fantastic goalie, but he's faced less shots than everybody else. Well, yeah, but he just stopped as high an XG scoring chance as you can have without even allowing a shot at target or around target. Like, that's the level this guy is. So on that, how do they decide whether it's a shot or a pass? Because if Allison had missed that pass and Pookie hadn't taken it, it, it was possibly going on net. No, so it was kind of going off to the side a bit. Well, and I, was... I guess it, it's a bit of a judgment call, Okay, but they considered it not a pass. But to me, the interesting part is... So like, it's an interception. So it's an interception, essentially. Mm-hmm. But think about... You know, we've talked about Allison, and I'm putting together some numbers to to prove my theory that Allison is in everybody's head in the Premier League. What did you think of that in terms of the guy coming down? And and instead of shooting on a breakaway, he had a breakaway. Instead of shooting, he looks to pass. Yeah, no, that was obvious that he was uh, psyched out by Allison. Um, I'm sure that if it was any other goalie, he would have he would have either attempted to round the keeper and shoot, or he would have placed a much more precise pass to Puki. But he was he was overthinking it. He and and possibly maybe Puki distracted him too because he kind of ran into his view, right? So um he was trying to to lay it off perfectly for Puki, but Allison and his long arms what can I say? The guy's got amazing reflexes and I I'm going to agree with you. I think he's in opponents' heads. And I'll give you another example. So the first shot on net um, was in the 88th minute, like I said. And you could tell, so it was a shot from outside the box, and the Norwich player absolutely blasted it. Put everything he had behind it with the fantastic direction of putting it directly at Allison. He basically said, there's no way I'm scoring if I don't put 100% power on this. And so he gave up any control of the ball and put it straight into Allison. Was this Pookie's? Uh, I believe so. I don't recall exactly who took the shot, but I remember looking at it and thinking like, if if that's what you're going to do, like, why are you shooting right at the goalie? But it comes down to, and here's a stat I'll throw at you. Allison has allowed this season zero goals from outside the box. If you're shooting from outside the box, I understand why guys are putting all their power into it because there's no way on scoring at this guy. Zero goals or zero shots? Zero goals scored from outside the box. Okay. All goals against them have come from inside the box. So I'm putting together the numbers. I'll have that for you next week. But Allison intimidation is a thing. We saw it with Danny Ings, where he had a decent chance that I tell you on any other goalie he would have taken. And we saw it this time against Norwich, where they didn't even get a shot on a breakaway. Um, The next one that got me, and this one is like painful for me to say, is Nabi Keita. What did you think of his play today? I wasn't surprised. Um, He played... As good as I've seen him play before in patches, right? So he has that quick step where he has the ball, he takes a touch, and the defender thinks that he's about to intercept him, but then he just somehow takes a half step and toes it and then keeps running. I don't know. It, it's it's a very unique type of play that he has there. But uh, he's one of our few midfielders that w- wants to progress with the ball. Um, he just has to... I think learn how to be smarter. I shouldn't say smarter, but more um, precise with the end 
the end ball, either a quality shot or a good pass. Well, the quality shot, he had the goalie, he had the chance on net where he was, what, two feet away. To be all, fair, Krul has one of the best reactions in the league, which is why he's good at uh, penalty saves. So I, I agree, but still, like, that one, I mean, he had, there were a million and one things he could have done other than just straight blasting. And so um, that was frustrating. But I'm, I'm going to throw something at you that uh, I kind of want your honest reaction to because this one blew me away. So I legitimately um, was looking for Kata to do something mm-hmm. because I thought, you know, Klopp put him in there for a reason. He must see something or he must want something out of him. So um, if you remember in the, about the, in the 21st minute, he weaved through like four players doing the little toe stuff that you were talking about. Just fantastic. And again, that's why he's such a mouth-watering prospect. You just, if he can put it all together, that level of skill is phenomenal. But then right after that, like 30 seconds later, he's waiting in the box for the ball to come to him. And it's a decent pass, but not that quick. And so a guy just steps right in front of him and takes the ball. And I thought, hmm, that's kind of weird. Why is he just waiting? So I looked a bit more and I took more time. In the 27th minute, Alexander Arnold tried to make a pass up to him and his man stepped in front of him again. He didn't come to the ball enough. 28th minute, same thing. 32nd minute, Salah took the ball from Keita and backheeled it, thinking Keita would keep running, but Keita stopped. So now I'm looking at this guy and I'm saying to myself, hold on, is this guy just not working hard enough? I don't think it's that he's not working hard enough. I think he's just really still getting used to playing in this team. He's been here for two years now, right? Or two seasons. However, in those two seasons, he's been A, kept out of the team because he's learning the system, B, injured, or C, out of form. Right, so he hasn't really had a good extended run to get in sync with the other players, I think. But is it just like at some point I start to worry because getting in sync with the other players is one thing, but like you know, waiting for a ball instead of going to it is more of something you should have learned. Like, that's not a Liverpool thing, that's just a soccer thing, you know, like you need to know if the ball's not coming quickly enough, you need to go to it, you can't just wait with your foot wound up to take the shot, like you need to legitimately go to it. And again, he, it was, you know, uh, the giveaway on Alexander-Arnold, but it was all because of Keita's, um, you know, not coming to the ball. So I'm, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying he's lazy, because he's not, but I'm just wondering, like, is he just not getting the, you know, continuous movement program? Is he not realizing, like, maybe this league is different than where he came from? I think that's exactly it, right? So... The English league is not the Bundesliga, but he really hasn't, he, he's been here a long time, or he's been here for long enough, but he hasn't really played in enough back-to-back games to fully appreciate and understand these um, little intricacies, I think. So that may be true. The other one that I, I might give you, I was holding back because I didn't want you to make your point, um, but you, you may be right, is in the 36th minute, uh, Hendo was trying to close down a man. And Kato was running at the same guy, and you could see Hendo pointing and yelling at him to take the guy next to them so that he wouldn't be an outlet, and Kato just kept running to the same man Hendo did. So both of them went at the same guy, which got them nothing, obviously. So he is he's not in sync. So absolutely. When you said that, it triggered yeah. it triggered this for me. He's not in sync. I made that as a note, and I'm like, you know, when a guy like Hendo's yelling at you to do something, I kind of look at everyone on the team and I think they pretty much all do it. 
but Cade is not there. And I think if Klopp had any concerns about this, I don't think he'd be playing Keita, right? So, so I think that it's one of those where Klopp knows he needs the games in order to brush this out of his system. Without those games, he'll never become the player that we hope he'll become. However, the games leading up to that point will be painful for us as fans to watch, just like watching Joe Gomez at the start of the season was pretty painful. And, and Fab now last year. Yeah, Fab last year. Ox for half of his first season as well. It's pretty painful. So, but the only problem Minamino is Minamino as well. Oh, it's, yeah. pretty, it's well, pretty painful watching him. I'll be honest. It, but the thing is, Minamino is still at the beginning. Like Keita has been here. This is his. He's in the second half of his second season. But again, it's all the injuries, and those are tough to get going. Um, so hopefully, I mean, again, watching some of his runs up where he just gets through. I say through because I don't know how he gets around them or by them. Just he goes through like four players and you're just not really sure how that all happened. And you can see them. They're not sure how it just happened either. Um, their guys got skill. But anyway, I'm, I'm still, I'm hoping for it. But I just, watching him intensely for about 10, 15 minutes, I noticed a few things. So I think maybe you're right. He might just not be ready for, you know, the step up in competition. Hopefully he gets there. Another thing I noticed was at the end of the first half, there were two corners from Robertson's side that Alexander-Arnold didn't take. And they played them completely differently, where it was a pass out to Robertson to then cross it in as opposed to direct cross. Yeah, I don't know why they do that. It drives me nuts. Do you think Do you think they're trying something new because it's Norwich, or do you think they're having doubts about Alexander-Arnold on the corner? No, I think they're just trying something new because... Well, actually, no. I was about to say that they, they don't score from corners often but actually they do maybe they haven't in a while but um, I think they're just trying something different but to me corners just whip it in when you have Virgil and is it Firmino and um, Mane yeah just put the ball in and see what you can do their numbers um, in the back half of the season so in the second half of the season are phenomenal after the first 14, after the first 10 games yeah. The next 15, now this one's 16, are really phenomenal. So I agree with you. I don't know why they're changing it up. I just, I was wondering what you thought of that. I honestly had no idea why they were doing it. Um, maybe they're trying something new, but yeah, absolutely I hate it. Because you always have the chance that the defense is smart enough and good enough, they'll catch you offside on that one. Right. So you just lose your chance. So I didn't love it. Uh, the next one, what did you think of Mane's um, bizarre uh, goal that looked wildly out of control? Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's Sadio Mane, right? I've seen him score so many goals like that where he's off balance, doesn't look the most graceful, but somehow it ends up in the back of the net and he does it consistently so you know that it's, he's not fluking these. Um, the ball from Henderson was similar to the ball that came into Firmino the first half and they both attempted the same thing. The, the 180, trap it with one leg and then turn and then take a shot with... Roberto Firmino, it looked a lot more graceful, but he didn't manage to, to take the shot. But with Sadio Mane, it looked very helter-skelter, and yet it ended up in the back of the net. But you're right, actually. His uh, his play, I don't want to I don't want to say awkward, but it kind of is. And you're right, he gets away with it a lot more. Firmino's graceful, mm-hmm. but you're right, he, he didn't get the goal on that one. And in fact, he missed, a, I think, a wide-open net today, so... Yeah. Um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a good point. I, uh, I kind of look at it and I think it'd be a little bit lucky, but eventually if you keep doing the same thing over and over, you know, I guess it's skill, not luck, even if it doesn't look the best. 
For money? For money. Yes, definitely not luck. Definitely not luck. Can you imagine working on that in training? <laughs> what that must look like? Like Klopp's watching you and you're yeah. you're making a move that, you know, you look like you've never played football before and uh but hey, you do it in the game too, so yeah. that's gotta be a little bit bizarre in training. But hey, I mean he got it, it went in. Um the last thing I noticed, um, that I'll kinda I'll I'll ask what you thought. It felt like Norwich was very weak on the ball today. Like there were a lot of weak times physically. weak physically, like they got pushed over. And, um, again, we had, uh, much more fouls. We were called for a lot more fouls than they did. Uh, what did you think of that? I don't think they're the biggest team Norwich as in, then I don't think they're the strongest team. They have a lot of sleek flair players, right? Um, Tetty is pretty big. And he, and do you remember the shot he took where he, he took Cantwell's pass, allowed it to run, he took a touch, and then he hit the post? Oh, yeah. Do you think that was a shot or a, or a cross? If it was a shot, it was like three seconds too late. Mm-hmm. And if it was a pass, it was like two seconds too early. Right. It was like he, he, he thought like he should have shot earlier if he was going to shoot yeah and he should have waited a little bit longer if he was going to pass so we got it right in the middle and hit off the post but what i will say and i come back to this is i watched i watched that two or three times and great shot lots of power hit the post super impressive everyone's saying lots but allison was there and he would have if that had been inside the post that would have been covered and we wouldn't be talking about it like oh he almost scored because he didn't right so um, and there's two types of, of posts. There's the ones that are literally almost in, and then the ones that are just that's that's a goal kick essentially. Yeah. Right. So, um, but no, I I agree with you. But I'm more thinking. So here's here's the fun stat. Last year, the team with the least fouls called against them in the EPL was Liverpool. This year, the team with the least fouls called against them in the EPL is Liverpool. Their game is not about pushing you over and their game is not about the dirty physical stuff. So seeing a game like this, and maybe it's because I'm a, a fan, I thought some of those guys went down a little easy. I didn't get that sense, to be honest. Okay. Because I'm trying to think of certain situations. The only one I can think of is, ironically, Mane's goal, where we were not called for the foul. So I actually thought that was very indicative of the game because every time we quote-unquote pushed, which, don't get me wrong, they are pushes, but in like every other game I've ever seen, they're just not called because there's a certain level of physicality that's allowed to go in the EPL. Mm -hmm. I think the guy embellished the, uh, the push and Mane scored, and I think it absolutely bit them. My thought was maybe they came into it with a game plan of, you know what, go down, make the ref call it, and let's see if we can gain a bit of an advantage. And absolutely they did. I mean, you look at the foul numbers, and if you if you had to tell me which of these teams fouls the least, and you look at the numbers, it is quite surprising. Again, the Liverpool is the least fouling team for the last two years. Do you think Norwich truly believe they have a chance to stay up? Yes. I think they're a really good team. I think... They've shown they can beat Man City. I think they've competed against us. I think for them, they're just not putting it together week in, week out. I think 
but I, I think if you're in that dressing room, you got to know that you have, you know, the skill. Um, are they top of the league? No, but they've got some guys, you know, Puki is a machine in terms of goal scoring. Um, Cantwell is going to stay in the EPL, whether Norwich stay up or not. They've got some guys that are legit, and I really hope they stay because I like their style of soccer. And for them, again, they're they're behind, but they win three games in a row. They're probably right in the mix. And I and I look at them and I say this is a team that I could believe would win three in a row, even at the bottom of the table. I agree, and and I think that's why watching the game. Um, Norwich versus Liverpool. Norwich played as if they needed to get something out of this game, even if it's simple, simply a moral boost, right? And I think they can take that out of this game. I think they can um, leave with their heads held high. They gave Liverpool a test. They didn't get thrashed, you know? And they opened us up a few times. They did. Uh, I don't think they were unlucky not to score. I think one nothing is a reasonable scoreline. I don't think they deserve to win, and I don't think they deserve the point for the tie. Um, if I was to offer advice to Norwich, I'd say the rest of the season you go for the win. The tie means nothing to you anymore. Play every game like it's your last game. Go for the win. And if they do that, I think there's an outside shot they can do it. Maybe that's just me hoping because I'd like to see them up. Um, hopefully they can stay. There's other teams that I look at that I have no interest in seeing. Um, Norwich is not one of them, so I wish them all the best. What was your play of the game? Uh, I'm going to go with probably Hendo. He's uh, played well. Play of the game, not the player. Oh, play of the game. Yeah. Oh, how can it be anything but the awkward uh, goal? Money? I mean, it's got to be. Uh, personally, for me, it was actually uh, Van. It was, no, it's actually oh, okay. Van Dyke yelling at Gomez okay. and Gomez being like chill, chill. That okay. I I really enjoyed that, but that's just because I thought that was really funny. And then I saw it work later, so for me that was kind of fun. Um, but yeah, no. So it's either the goal or yeah. To your point, Allison stopping it. Um, I'm becoming more and more a fan of the guy. So uh, seeing him do that, um, he, not just because he did it, but also because. Every time he does it, you know he's getting in more players' heads further and further in. Right, and I think that goal would have been called back for offside even if he hadn't done that. However, the fact that he's done that just adds a little bit more question marks into future strikers' heads. Oh yeah, he's building that mystique, and I agree with you. I, I rolled it back and I looked as, as well as I could with the angle and it looked like it was offside. But to your point, I'm actually happy it played out so that he can just mess with players' heads even more. Just, just so you know, on a breakaway, two on none, still no guarantee you're going to beat him. And that's got to sit in guys' minds. Okay, so for the rest of the the season in the EPL, who do you say is our number one or our first choice midfield three? Uh, it's got to be Fab, uh, Hendo, and Genie. Okay, case closed though. Uh, you know what? It depends. If you're talking about uh, maybe a side that needs to be opened up a bit more, if you're playing like a Sheffield, maybe you throw Ox in there because yeah. he's got a bit more going forward. In place I, of who? In place of Genie. Okay. Um, I Again, is Hendo's become almost undroppable. Not that I think his skill set is better than the rest of the guys. It's just his leadership and his passion. And like I could literally, if you told me, that he dies on the field next week, I could be like, yeah, okay, I see that. Like, he leaves it all out there, and I think that sets an example, and so you can't bench the guy. 
And with Fab back, I think it'll take him a bit of time to get in, in the swing, but I think he's got to be your midfielder. Um, so yeah, it would be, Genie would be kind of the odd man left out. So he'd the one you have to replace. Although again, I'd love to see Keita get into it, you know, get in the rhythm. I don't know. What about you? Who's your midfield three? Henderson's number one. I thought I'd never say that. So he, he'd be my first choice. And funnily enough, I like him in the six. So I think with him in the six instead of Fab, we're a totally different team. And maybe it's because I just haven't seen Fabinho play for so long. And I'm almost forgetting how good he was, just like I almost forgot how good Gomez was until he picked it up in the last couple months. Yes, that's true. I uh, I remember seeing Gomez at the beginning of the season and thinking, well, this guy was good, but, you know, maybe he wasn't as good as I remember. Right. And now that I'm watching him, I'm like, oh, this guy's dominant. So maybe you're right. I Like, I just, I keep telling myself Fab was probably the best defensive midfielder in the EPL, if not the world, and, and we were all talking about that. I remember, I remember that, too. So he must be better than I remember, but you're right. I mean, Gomez coming in, Hendo moving to the to the defensive position coincided with us getting clean sheet after clean right. sheet after clean sheet so maybe because if if we put fab back in the defensive midfielder i don't know if henderson would be in my first choice midfield in that case so again i don't think he's first choice midfield for skill i think he's first choice midfield for leadership right and heart okay well we'll see what the rest of the league has to offer Absolutely, hopefully not much, and we can continue our invincible season.